So Andrew turned 16 this last week. You know, I was thinking about things that people under 16 years of age won't believe the rest of us had to go through, had to suffer through. I, I want to show you a couple of things so you know what I'm talking about. Take a look at this picture. Remember when we had to dial like 17 numbers just to text the word hey, like H-E-Y. You, you had to press the number four twice to get the letter H, and then you had to pause, and then you had to hit the number three two times to get the letter E, and then you had to pause, and then you had to hit nine, nine, nine to get the Y. I mean, it took forever. How about this? How many of you remember saying, hey, call me after nine, call me after 9 p.m., because that's when your unlimited minutes would kick in. And so you had to, if you were going to call your loved one and you wanted to be on the phone for a long period of time, you said, hey, call me after nine. Remember those, remember those days? How about this? How many of you um, remember looking through a tiny little hole and you would take a ton of pictures and you had to wait a whole week to develop those pictures, and then when you found them, when you actually saw them for the first time, you basically saw a bunch of pictures like this one right here, and you found out that they were useless. It's amazing how our times have changed. I mean, things that took forever now are just, just like immediate. Today, we're going to talk about this one word, patience. Next week, we're going to go over the word endurance. Patience, patience. Patience is the capacity to accept delay or trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. Now, the key word is the word accept. Patience is the capacity to accept delay, trouble, suffering without getting angry, without getting upset. Now, endurance is a similar word, but it's different. Endurance is the measure of a person's stamina to experience pain or hardship, and be able to survive. And the key word there is the word stamina. So endurance is the measure of a person's stamina to um, experience pain and hardship and still be able to survive. So if you have, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to James chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 7. James chapter 5, verse 7. And as you guys are turning there, and if you're following us on our church uh, online platform. You can just click the, the Bible app right next to it. I'm going to be reading from the message translation, translation. So just go ahead and go to James chapter 5, verse 7. I'm reading from the MSG message translation. Uh, while you're doing that, I want to say this. The church, and I'm not talking about just LifePoint. I'm talking about the church as a whole, the, what I call the capital C church, the church, the global church of Jesus Christ is going through the biggest communication shift in 500 years. The biggest communication shift in over 500 years. And I want you to know that our leadership team, we've been meeting on a weekly basis, our DLT, our leadership team, and we have been talking about how we can meet the needs of our church. And also we've been talking about when and how uh, we're going to reopen. Now we don't have a timeline just yet, but we do want to be smart. We want to be strategic, we're praying about it, and we're putting a plan together. And I'll let you know a little bit more uh, when we get closer to the time. But as of right now, we don't have any dates just yet. We may be doing church online for a little bit longer. Uh, it could be two, three months, 
And, um, and by the way, I just want to say this. Church online is not going to go away. We really believe that this is um, an opportunity for us to reach people. And uh, you know that at the beginning of the year, I shared with you our vision for LifePoint. We don't want to invest a lot of money in buildings. Uh, we want to invest our resources in people. We want to build people. We don't want to build buildings. And so our church online platform just promotes that. It just goes along with our vision. And, you know, our methods change. Our message never changes. It's, and one of our core values is we will do whatever it takes. We will do anything short of sin to reach people who do not know Christ. And so I had no idea that we would be doing this this quickly. I knew that we were going to be moving in this direction at some point, but I had no plans to be doing this this fast. Uh, but apparently God had different plans. And so, uh, in fact, let me share one of the things that uh, Vicky said. She's on our DLT. She's one of our owners at LifePoint. I want to share with you what she said. Take a look at this quote. She said this, I think this encapsulates my heart, and it was just so, um, so good. She says, church is never going to be the same going forward. I agree. She says, I feel like if it is, we've wasted a huge opportunity. That makes now the time to really rethink what we do and make changes. If we're moving towards being a church that is not building dependent, this propels us to think about how to fulfill our mission. I totally agree with what she is saying. And then she says, without being in a building, we shouldn't, uh, excuse me, if we're, if we're moving towards being a church that's not building dependent, this propels us to think about how to fulfill our mission without, be, without being in a building. We shouldn't just bide our time until we get back to the building. Let's dream big. And we are dreaming big. And I just want you to know more information is coming your way. Currently, we're, we're putting the plan together. And I am looking forward to the time when we can see each other. But, um, but just so you know, church online is not going away. We're going to continue to reach people uh, in that way. And um, this will be the time when I would ask you, man, can I get an amen? Can I get an, a digital amen? It, it, you know how feedback encourages me. Looking at a camera, it's not always, it's not always the easiest thing to, to do. Preaching to a camera, it's not always the easiest thing to do. But we, we put purpose over personal preference, right? So we're not going to do, and even when we come back, there are some things that as, a, as your pastor, I'm going to ask you to do that's not going to be fun. But for the sake of purpose, we're going to keep um, we're going to do some things that we may not necessarily prefer, but it's actually going to be for the best of the church. Okay, so we're in James chapter 5, verse 7, reading from the message or the MSG, if you're, if you're, um, if you're wanting to read the same uh, translation that I'm reading. Okay, so it says this. It says, meanwhile, friends, and by the way, I don't always read from the message. Uh, I don't always tra- uh, preach from the message translation, but I really loved how this was translated, and I thought, man, for this week and next week, I think this is fantastic. It says this, Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the Master's arrival. Now, the Master in this case is our Lord and Savior. He is coming back. He's coming back to rescue us, 
to get us out of this mess. I'm so thankful for that. And so, so God is saying to us, hey, wait, be patient. And then he gives us an example. He says, you see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Steady. Stay steady, excuse me, and strong. The master could arrive at any time. This whole passage is about patience, the capacity to accept delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry, without getting upset. For me, this is very difficult. I'm not a very patient person. I've told you I struggle with this. Now, let me ask you, have you ever been stuck in a house with a bunch of people that you love who may very well test your patience. Just kidding. I I know we all have been cooped in our homes for weeks now, and it's like, oh, it's getting dicey. I mean, we're losing our patience. I just had earlier, I had to apologize to my wife. I said some things. I was rude. And, you know, sometimes we just get on each other's nerves, you know. But here's what I want to encourage you with. It doesn't have to be that way. God's Word actually gives us a recipe to get better, to, to, to be the best version of you and to develop a little bit more patience. And so I want you to see what the Bible says here. It says, friends, don't complain about each other. Now, the Alex version of this would say something like this. Dads, don't get irritated when your kids are trying to do their homework And they're interrupting you because you're also working from home. Moms, don't complain where your husband is getting on a Zoom call and he's being too loud and you're on a conference call trying to get your work done. And you're kind of, you know, you're he's raising his voice, you're raising your voice. And it's like it's kind of like a, a, a zoo. Kids, let me talk to the kids if they're watching. Don't complain about the extra chores that your parents are asking you to do. Why? Look at what the Bible says. Look at what God says. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you. This is what God says. The judge is standing just around the corner. In other words, what God is saying is he is the judge, not your brother, not your sister. He is the judge and he will hold us accountable for all the good and all the bad, we will be held accountable to our Lord and Savior one day, and we will, we will give an account of all the good things and all, all the bad things. Now, it keeps going, and it says this. Watch. And we're getting to our, our, our key verse here in a second. It says this. Take the old prophets as your mentors. So learn from others, basically. Don't just learn from your own mistakes. The smartest people are the ones that they don't just learn from their own mistakes. They learn from the mistakes of others. So God is saying, hey, make sure you learn from what other people have done. So the people that are before you. And then then here's our key verse. They put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit all the time honoring God. Man, what a verse. This should be the verse that we hold on to during the coronavirus time. This should be the verse. This should be like our theme verse for the year. This should be our anthem. This should be our battle cry. Wouldn't it be awesome 
If this could be said of all of us, especially during this time, because stress is high. I mean, you know, we, things are, you know, we, this is not an easy time to be patient, but wouldn't it be awesome if, if people would look at you and they say, they would say something like this, man, that Theo and that Cherise and that tough, those guys, they put up with anything. They went through everything and never once did they quit. I mean, all the time, they, all they did is they honor God. Wouldn't that be awesome? If people would look at you, if people would look at, at someone and say, or, or like say something like, man, that Justin and Ryan, that Bethany and little Maddie, I mean, they, they just, they put up with anything. They went through everything. Not once did they quit all the time. All they did is they honor God. That Aaron, that Shelly, have you seen them? That little Jack and that, that Emma, man, they're, they're amazing. They've been through everything. And all they do is honor God. There's a few things that can test our patience like what we're going through. And you ought to be aware why this time, why what we're going through is so difficult for some of us. I'm going to mention three real quick. One is interruptions. If you're working on something, you have a deadline, your kids interrupt you or somebody else interrupts you, you know, it, it, can, be, it can be frustrating. You can lose, it can test your patience. We all get that. The reason why the coronavirus is testing our patience is because it has interrupted everything about our lives. In one way or another, I don't care if you're eight years old or if you're 80 years old, all of us have been, our, all of our lives have been interrupted and it will test our patience. Here's the second thing, inactivity. Uh, we sometimes lose our patience uh, or our patience is tested with inactivity. We want information on the spot. We want to hear the news like right now. We want the test results like immediately, whether it's sports or whether it's politics, like whatever it is, minute rice, instant coffee, fast food, that's the norm for us, for our culture, very fast-driven culture. Most of us, we would rather do anything than wait. And, and I mean, like waiting to reopen the country is one of the hardest things that we'll ever do as Americans because it's not, we're not used to it. We don't like inactivity. We're the land of the free. We want to pick up and go. And yet, the Word of God says, wait. That word wait or waiting appears 141 times in the Bible. It seems like God wants us to learn patience, to be patient. Now, it's easy to appear patient when everything's going our way, right? When, I mean... You know, when things are smooth sailing, not a big deal. But what happens when things are not going our way? Perhaps you're like the guy that prays, Lord, give me patience. Give it to me right now, you know. Um, the third thing that tests our patience is inconveniences. Um, a traffic jam, uh, long lines, waiting on the other line on the phone because somebody put you on hold. You lose your keys and you're looking for them. 
Um, you're not getting your groceries on time. Leah was picking up her groceries from Walmart the other day and it took forever, several hours. I mean, it was like nine, nine thirty at night and she had ordered them like, you know, they were supposed to be ready hours before that. And she literally went to Walmart. The place was closed. So you had to figure out a way to get her groceries because they were saying they were ready. And so all of those things, they may seem like small things. Like when someone asks you a question that they've already asked you. You know, they may seem like small inconveniences, small little things that don't really matter, but they have the potential to test you, to test your patience. And they actually, those little things have the potential to ruin your day. And so the question is this, how do we develop patience? Well, God's Word tells us. And I want to just give you one takeaway for today. Just one little point. If you can get, if you can get a hold of this, I really believe that you're going to be a better person. I think you're going to, I think you're going to, uh, uh, you're going to be a little bit more patient. Like, for example, um, I have three cameras right now. Okay, I have this one camera that I to, it's on this side and sort of breaking the monotony of the, my, the, the main camera that's filming me. But I also have this other camera on the side for the sake of this example, okay? When you want to have more patience in your life, what you need is to change your point of view. Okay, let me, let me say that again. You need to learn to change, keyword change, your point of view. Sometimes change is difficult for people. In order for you to be more patient, from time to time, you have to change your point of view. Sometimes you may be looking at a, at a problem in a particular way, and what you need to do is you need to change your point of view. Let me explain what I'm talking about. In my short 42 years of life, I've learned this. You can have two people look at the exact same thing and they see something totally different. You can have two people looking at the same problem, the same challenge, or or it could be a good thing. It could be the same opportunity. It could be the same blessing. And they both can say that they're seeing something totally different. And so sometimes when I am impatient... It could be because I have a limited point of view. You know, if all I'm thinking about is myself, like like let's just say that I have a mirror and I'm looking at it and all I see is myself on this mirror, my view is limited to, to just what I have right in front of me. And so from time to time, what I need to do is I need to expand my view. I need to enlarge my vision. But if all I'm doing is, is, is looking at myself, then I'm, I'm in trouble. Every once in a while, I have to lift my eyes. I have to keep my head up or I have to change, change my point of view. If all I see is my needs, if all I'm concerned about is my desires, my goals, what I want, my schedule, how, how people are messing up my life, then do you think I'm going to be patient? Absolutely not. Someone said this. Someone said, if you want to be the, one of the most successful people, if you, if you want to live a life um, of success, if you want to know what the secret to success is, you have to learn 
to view things from other people's point of view. So if you want to be a good husband, learn to see life from your partner's, from, from your wife's point of view. If you want to be a good wife, learn to see things from your husband's point of view. You want to be a successful parent? Learn to see how your kids are thinking, why they're behaving in a certain way, why they're doing what they're doing. If you want to be a successful businessman, a successful businesswoman, learn to see life from your customer's point of view. If you want to be a great pastor, try to figure out what your members are thinking. You want to be a good member at the church? You want to be a good life point owner? Try to see things from your pastor's point of view. Let me give you an example. Katie came up to me the other day. And she said, Dad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill some burgers. Would you like one? She was being super nice. And, and I said, a burger? You know, like, uh, like you, we, just had, we had just had steak. And I was like, no, Katie, why, why are, we gonna have a, why are you going to have a burger? We're, we just had a steak and we're going to have, I don't want to have red meat twice. And, you know, she said, okay. And then she kind of went away and I could tell that she went away sad. And so I called her and I said, honey, you can have your burger if you want. I just don't want it because I don't want to have red meat twice. And she's like, no, it's okay, Dad. I, I can have a burger in tomorrow or I can have a burger the next day. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I could tell that I had hurt her feelings, you know. And she was just trying to be polite. She was trying to be obedient. No, no, I can have a burger the next day or whatever. And I was like, no, honey, you can have a burger. It's fine. I just don't want one because, I, you know, and, and whatever. And I could tell that she was... She was not trying to be disobedient. She was not trying to be rebellious. She just really got hurt by me not wanting a burger and kind of, you know, being like, you want a burger? You're going to have red meat again, you know? And then, then I, I call Leah. Leah, is, is, she's my rock. She, she really helps. She's, the, she's the, the secret sauce to our family. And I said, honey, I said, um, and I called Katie. I said, honey, okay, help me understand. You know, sometimes, um, you know, like, I do. I say things, and you know, uh, I may hurt people's feelings, or kids' feelings, or whatever. My wife's feeling, and so I said, "Help me understand." And I really wanted to understand, and Leah said something, and it was so good for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it'll help you. She said, "She said this. She said, sometimes we want your approval." Ah, she said that, and I was like, "I get it." Because sometimes I want my kids and my wife's approval. Sometimes when I'm sharing with Leah a message um, that's not completely done, or I have an idea about something I want to do in the ministry, but it's not completely, it's not fully developed, I don't want her to kill the idea. Or, to, or if I'm trying to think of an object lesson for the message, I, I don't want her to criticize me or tell me that it's not doable. Because sometimes I come up with crazy ideas. You know, I want her... I want her to agree with me. I want her to encourage me. I want her approval. I want her approval. What I didn't know is that Katie was wanting burgers for several days and we had not been able to get the buns or the meat or something, whatever. And finally, the day came when we had all the, you know, everything, all the ingredients. And that's what she was finally going to have her burger. And she was just being nice. She was just saying, hey, dad, I'm going to grill some some burgers. Would you like one? And I did not see it from her perspective. I did not see it from her point of view. But I promise you, 
If you want to be more patient, if you want to learn to to have the capacity to accept, delay, trouble, suffering, and not get angry, not get frustrated, not get upset, learn to pivot. Learn to change your point of view. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, probably one of the most straightforward verses in all of the Bible. It says this, it says, love is patient. This means that when I am impatient, I am unloving, right? Because love is patient. Now, let me ask you, do you remember the first time that you fell in love? Remember the first time you fell in love? That person could do no wrong because you saw things through their point of view. Do you remember the first time that um, your first child, your first child, that child, man, they could do no wrong. They could throw up on you and you would be fine. Why? Because you experienced life through their point of view and you wanted to know, are they feeling good? Are they happy? Are they hurting? Are they sad? Everything, all of your life, your life was consumed through because of that child. Remember having like your first puppy? She or he could poop all over the house, could pee everywhere, and you did not get upset. Why? Because, oh, she's just a little pup. She's just, he's just a little, he's only, you know, six weeks old. They need to be trained. You know, you're not going to get mad at them. You're seeing life through their point of view. Now, let me make this message as practical as I can make it, and we're done. When someone at work doesn't do something that you want, when someone at home doesn't get an idea or something that you're trying to, you're asking them to do, rather than yelling or getting upset or losing your cool or making a strong statement and making them feel inferior and, and, and making them, putting them at a, like, at a place where they're having to defend themselves, why don't you ask a question? Questions are great. When you ask a, a clarifying question and a question say, hey, would you, I, I don't get why you did this this way, but would you help me understand? It's a great way to change your point of view. Somebody, may, maybe you're listening to this message and you're going through a, a, a really difficult time. You've lost your job or you have a loved one who is in the hospital or you, you know, uh, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's, chaos. Here's what I encourage you to do. Look at that situation that may be a setback. Look at it as a setup. Change. And I know that this, it may sound like it's easier said than done. And it is, it is. But, but I promise you, it's going to help you. If you can somehow, if you can figure out a way to pivot, if you, if you can figure out a way to change your point of view, it's going to help you so much. I love the example of the oyster. I've used it before, but it's a great reminder. Can you see, take a look at this picture. Can you see what's in the middle? It's a pearl. We need to learn the lesson of the oyster. The oyster will take an inconvenience, a grain of sand, right? Like, have you ever gotten a little grain of sand in your, like you're at the beach or whatever? Like that, that hurts. I mean, that can, that messes up with your whole life. Like you just such a, to think that such a small thing can just ruin your day, you know? And I mean, you can't keep, keep going the way, like if you were at a water park or if you were doing something, you get something, you, you stop, you don't, you know, you don't get on those rights anymore. You take care of your eye first. 
I, I love the fact that the oyster takes an inconvenience and turns it into a, into a pearl. And so I want to ask you as we close the message, what inconveniences are you facing right now? And how can you change your point of view so you can take advantage of those inconveniences? How is inactivity frustrating you? And maybe what you need to do is realize, you know what? I don't ever exercise because I don't have time. I'm always on the go. And right now, I'm inactive. And rather than being frustrated about the inactivity, why don't you let that lead you to exercise a little bit more? Maybe you can listen to a, a, a book while you walk. Why, maybe you can read a book. Or maybe you can you know, sign up to on some sort of class online, a cooking class or something like that. Let me ask you, what interruptions are you facing right now that you could change your point of view and you can make a a, a situation that's frustrating, you can make it uh, into, you can turn it into something that's beneficial for you and maybe for your family. Like your kids coming up to you, interrupting you every five minutes. Why don't you take advantage of that? You know, the coronavirus is going to go away. Your kids are also going to grow up. And so this is a great time to invest in them. Take this time and don't see them as an interruption. See it as an opportunity to to pour into them, to love them, to be the parent that, that you've always wanted to be. You have the time. And maybe if you don't have the time, everything's different right now. So why don't you just take advantage of that and invest in them a little bit. Interruptions should make you feel like you're a big deal. I want you to think about it with me for a moment. When you're interrupted by another human being, that should give you a sense of worth. That should make you feel like your life matters. That should give you like some sort of significance. Think about it. Another human being is needing your help. I mean, what a greater thing to do than to help another child of God, another person that our Lord has created. So the the perfect example to change in our point of view is what the Bible says. It says that the farmer is willing to wait. It says this, he's willing to wait for the valuable crops to mature. See, he's got the right point of view. He understands that there is value in waiting. There's value in being patient. And so patience asks God, God, what do you want me to learn from this situation? Rather than, God, why did this happen to me? I hope this makes sense. I know that I'm preaching on a topic that um, sometimes is difficult for me, and it may be difficult for you, but we can have victory over our temper. We can have victory over our impatience. We can have victory when we are frustrated and we just want to get things done and things are not going our way. We can learn to change our point of view and pivot a little bit and see things in a new and a fresh way. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for whoever is listening to your word today. God, what a great example 
that we need to be patient. God, you are coming back, our Savior. God, you're, you're going to rescue us. This is not the end. Your word tells us that you left this earth and you went away for a season to prepare a better place for us. And so, God, what a promise that this is not the end. God, that we just, if we learn to wait, we can actually live our best life right now. And so, God, I pray that for whoever is listening to this message, God, I pray that whatever they're going through, I pray that you would help them to, to, be, to, to, to go a little bit longer, to go the extra mile, and to know that this too will pass. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.